0: back. Welcome to the we Go Places podcast, where we catch up with WeGo grads who share with us the story of the journey to their unique careers. I'm your host, Brian Turnbaugh, English teacher at WeGo since 2001, and you just heard intro music from Andy Georgieff, class of 2022. Today, I catch up with class of 2013's Officer Breyer Leonardo, formerly Serato, of the Neighborville Police Department. Officer Leonardo will share with us how Mrs. Haas's Senior elective course in criminal justice sparked her curiosity in a career in law enforcement. Joining us today is Briar Leonardo, formerly Briar Serato from the class of 2013. Briar, tell us what you do.
1: Uh, so I am currently a patrolman at the city of Naperville for the police department.
0: Fantastic. Now, Briar, when did you get a sense that law enforcement was going to be your future career path?
1: Um, I would say it probably hit me senior year while I was at Wego. Um, The school offered the criminal justice class. Um, So that kind of gave you more of the law aspect of it. And then that was kind of when I realized I didn't want to do just law and I was looking more into enforcement.
0: This is going to make Mrs. Haas so happy to hear uh, that <laughs> class was so formative uh, for you. Do you remember what it was that really kind of uh, flipped the switch for you in her class? I know it's been a while.
1: <laughs> I know. And that's the thing. Like, I, I just remember it being fun because of like all the banter back and forth with the, ha, I know this law, and the, ha, well, I know this law. Um, yeah. But, I mean, honestly, I think it's, I don't want to be standing in an office all day. I don't want to be at a cubicle all day. Um, and just kind of the appeal and seeing how different every day can be as a police officer. I think that's what interested me more and and how much more you can do. And I'm not going to lie, it's it's
0: pretty cool. <laughs> what were the schools that you're looking at to uh, begin your law enforcement uh, training?
1: Um, it's actually kind of funny because when I was looking at schools, I didn't look quite for what was criminal justice-esque. Like, I didn't really look for a school that was promoting criminal justice very much. But, um, like at the time I was looking at Michigan state, things like that. But then I landed on Illinois state because they did have a decent, uh, criminal justice program. And then it wasn't that far from home. I could come home on weekends if I wanted to. It was more of like, uh, being close to home and being close to family.
0: So once you, uh, decide that you're going to, uh, attend Illinois state, what was the coursework like for law enforcement? Were the type of classes that you take initially? And when did the work really start to get fun where you understood, like, I made the right choice?
1: Um, so obviously, like, the first two years, uh, you got to get your gen eds out of the way. So it's pretty basic, you know, your, your math, your writing, um, all that general stuff, science. And then you dive into, like, criminal justice one, I believe is what it is. And that's just kind of like your overall basics of like first amendment, second amendment, um, you know, all your basic rights that you should know. And then it kind of goes into, as you go on through like junior, senior year, then there's juvenile justice. Um, There's even a class that's dedicated to like prisons and, and how that works um, versus like being out on the street for law enforcement. And then Illinois state actually had like a criminal justice program that was separate Criminal Justice Association—that's what it was—and um, so that's basically another tool for students to use to make connections, and then have speakers from police departments, from you know the, the judicial system, come and talk to you, and the federal level, and kind of all that. And they met obviously at night, maybe like once a week, so that helped me. And then Illinois State offered you the chance to do an internship second semester of your senior year um that way you can dedicate your time to a department or to some type of association that's involved in law enforcement that'll get you a job potentially after you graduate did
0: you know that you wanted to go federal? I mean, obviously you landed in Naperville, but but (laughs) did you kind of dip your toes into thinking like, hey, maybe something that like a federal agency or something along those lines, what was your level of interest of even kind of looking into, because there's so many different options. How did you know that you you wanted to go to this route?
1: I, I grew up with an uncle who was in law enforcement. My uncle Danny was a canine handler for Oak Brook. And so he had always recommended me to go federal. The only thing was that when you go federal, again, it's a family thing. So when you go federal, you are basically placed anywhere in the country. I'm very family oriented. So being gone a lot kind of wasn't for me unless I knew it was going to be like an office somewhere in the Chicagoland area. Um, And then when it came down to like... police officer aspect, I kept researching more and more like what departments would offer. And so obviously there's things like SWAT teams. Uh, You could do crisis negotiating. That's what um, Naperville has and what we call it. You could do a drug unit, a gang unit, you know? So, I mean, even though just police departments and local agencies are smaller, there's still so much you can do with them. And I thought that was pretty cool to be able to kind of move around if you wanted to.
0: So, you know, this, that, that, that this is like a, a true equivalent, but like, you know, when I was going through teacher training, we had student teaching and I went to Stevenson high school where I did my, uh, where I did that, uh, what was like your interning experience like? So where, where did you, where did you have different options to, uh, to go? Did you go to several different departments? What was, uh, what was that experience like?
1: Um, so I had actually heard from a friend that was uh, at ISU. He had done his internship with Naperville. um, And he ended up being my now husband's roommate at the time. And he kind of told me he was at Naperville for his. So I was like, Oh, what do you do for it? And he said it was so interactive. And just everything that they did, was just so cool. And basically, every day was so much fun. You know, it wasn't just filing paperwork away for the department. It wasn't just Ride alongs. It wasn't just administrative stuff. Um, he told me how hands on it was. And so I decided, well, hey, Naperville's a, a big town compared to West Chicago. Um, it's not far. I can get to it easy. Um, you know, and then I figured if I make a contact there and if I like it, then I can hopefully get in and get hired later on. Um, so I ended up applying, getting that for, like I said, my second semester senior year. That counted for the whole semester. Um, and it, it literally opened my mind so much to law enforcement. I mean, every day was different. Uh, the two guys who ran it while I was there were Sean Ferguson and Mike McLean, um, and they they wanted us to be so involved, and we were. It was insane. The department does what's called an in-service training twice a year, and what that is is it's kind of like a brush up on you new know, case law, um, weapons handling, uh, requalifying with a your department-issued rifle, and then your pistol. Um, there's also like virtual training, which is a virtual simulator that's basically like four giant screens in front of you, and you're kind of interacting with it. And then how you behave is kind of how they interact with you. And then there's other things like ground fighting. I mean, you just go over so many topics. And then the scenario-based training was my favorite. I remember my, my best memory from my internship, honestly, was the um, in-service training where we were doing role-playing and they rented out able to use a huge storage facility. And in that facility, we got to bring like the SWAT teams, what's called a, a bearcat over. So it's like a military grade vehicle. And it was so cool because the the effects that they got to bring were, <laughs> were, were so intense. Um, I got to pretend to be A terrorist. Um, I'm dressed in all black. My face is covered. I lift like a cell phone way high up in the air. I pretend to click a button. And then in the building, you just hear this loud bang. And all these guys are dropping to the ground, you know, they're trying to take cover. I run around the side of the building and I duck inside where we have the entire interior of the building just covered in smoke. And then they have to come in and get me out, basically.
0: In the simulation, did they have to neutralize you as the potential target yes. or did it work? Did you then, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. So it's basically like
1: cops and robbers kind of, I was the bad guy. They had to come in and, and if there were hostages in there, they had to make sure the hostages came out unharmed. They had to neutralize me Um in their duty weapons. They had what's called simulation rounds and they're, they're not quite paintballs, but they're like little plastic colored pellets. Mm. Um, So they get to shoot at you, you know, they work on their handcuffing and, and all that. So, I mean, it was, it was really cool. And then, uh, before that too, we would work on like smashing old cars. We would break in the windows and stuff to make it look like we were breaking in cars. Um, yeah. And it was,
0: that sounds sounds like fun.
1: It it was so much fun. And every day was different, you know, obviously like one day out of, you know, maybe every other week you would get one where you help with filing or you help, you know, recycle tons and tons of paperwork that isn't, you know, necessary anymore. But I mean, those, those in service in those scenario days were just so worth it. They, I mean, it was the best experience I could have asked for.
0: So you, you finish up your internship with uh, Naperville then, uh, and, and, that, and does that also then conclude the last part of your, your schoolwork and your academic at ISU?
1: Yeah. So the internship program at naperville they give you like your own file your own training file um so they kind of report regularly back to my school and kind of let them know what i've been doing um and they kind of also you know it's almost like a progress report and at the end of the internship you actually do a test to see if you could pass a written test like you're taking the police test Mm. um And then there's also obviously the physical portion because in order to be a police officer, you have to take a power test, which involves running, sit up, sit and reach, um, and then a bench press. So they make sure that you keep up with that too, to make sure you can pass. Um, And then, like I said, there's a whole, do you work well with others? How are you on shooting? How are you physically? How are you doing written? You know, If we have a, a law review that day, are you taking it in and and understanding things. Yeah. It's this huge, I can't even remember how many pages it was. It was probably like four full pages of information that they send back to your school as as like a, this is how they did. They passed everything. And then you get your full, like, I think it's somewhere between like 15 and 20 credits for the semester.
0: Wow. Wow. That's, I mean, that's, (laughs) you're right. You have to balance So many different things, the academic, because there's so much law that you have to know and and know it and apply it immediately. And then, I mean, you're really working all parts of your being, right? You have to be physically fit. You have to Mm -hmm. be uh, academically, legally uh, of a very sharp mind to apply these things in real time. So yeah, you're spinning a lot of plates and applying them very quickly. So, okay. So then you, so you graduate. What's the next move uh, after that?
1: Uh, So then after I graduated ISU, um, I then got hired by DuPage County as a civilian to work in their receiving and discharge uh, section, which basically is when somebody gets arrested and they have to go to county to go see a judge. They get basically taken into the jail and then they sit in this like clear box, which is where I was sitting. And then I would have to basically input all their information, like name, address, um, phone number what they're there for, whether it's a domestic charge or, you know, a burglary, whatever the case may be, I enter their charges into the system for county. And then I assign them to like a bond court, um, time to appear in front of a judge to sentence them basically. Uh, so I did that for about seven months at DuPage County. Um, and that was, that was kind of like my, my start to getting in back into memorizing charges and, stuff like that. It's also like a face-to-face with offenders, you know, so then you learn real quick how to talk to people. Um, And then while I was doing that, I was also testing all over the place. I think I tested for about 12 departments in total before I got hired by one. And then from DuPage County, I ended up seeing that Naperville uh, had an opening for their dispatch. So before I got hired as a police officer, I actually went to Naperville for dispatch for about maybe four or five months. Um, and that that was crazy. I mean, the dispatch world is, it, if you think being a police officer has a lot going on, I mean, there's definitely a lot going on, like up in the hive is what I call it. Um, wow. But I mean, you're just surrounded by screens, calls, people talking all around you. Um, that was so intense. And I remember I used to actually have nightmares about being <laughs> in dispatch.
0: <laughs> it's interesting, prior because like it's it's that you in dispatch you you have there's probably it's it you're it's a, it's an irony right which is like it, it's probably more intense one would think being um, out in the field but uh, being in dispatch. You have so much. You have to immediately assess yeah. about the degree of threat and and the pressure that goes in uh, to that moment. What, what was that? What's the training like for for dispatch? Uh, is that something that you had you did a little bit in your interning as well, um, or is it kind of a whole new uh, set of training that you have to do to to uh, to work in dispatch?
1: Yeah. So I mean, when I was an intern, you got like a day that you got to sit up there in dispatch and kind of like listen in on the call taking. Um, and ask questions, kind of things like that. They don't really want you sitting in too much on like the PD side where they're dispatching because there's just so much going on with that person that you don't want to like bother them and kind of be in the way. Uh, so when I was an intern, I sat with a call taker and basically they had a headset, they were all set up, and then I got a headset connected to them as well, so I got to hear everything that was coming over from like 911 calls to just basic, you know, my neighbors throwing their trash in my trash can. And so, yeah, you did like a full eight hour day for that. And then in order to get hired, you do a, a regular application. Um, then there's a typing test and then a couple interviews and then they kind of select based on that. And I, I was only there for about four months. Um, so I didn't even finish all of my training before I got hired at my first department. So I made it through call taking training, which, like I said, it's just picking up the phone. Uh, opening up a ticket on the computer for uh, the department, and then basically kind of relaying all the information that they need as much as possible. Like where you're going, what are the circumstances? Are there any, you know, dangers in the, in the home? Uh, Things like that. And then I think I made it like halfway through my fire training. (laughs) So that's basically like you're dispatching the engines, the ambulances, um you're trying to read off like medical cards of if somebody's choking can you try and talk them through the heimlich can you talk them through cpr um things like that and then while i was in the fire training that was when i actually got hired by winfield police department for my first uh my first job
0: i I have a couple follow-up questions uh with that you've prepared for so many different styles of tests I always like asking a question like this when I think of it, uh, when I interview, what's your best study hack where you're like, ooh, now I know this helps me study and retain and apply when I'm studying. What, what's your best like study hack when you are, because you've, you've done so many different types of tests, whether that's for dispatch or uh, any of these other types of uh, um, kind of uh, hoops that you had, you had to go through. Yeah. What's your best like surefire study hack?
1: When I was in dispatch, the biggest thing that helped me—I mean, because there's there's so many ways you got to go about it—but uh, note cards, like index cards, definitely for sure. And then I'm not gonna lie, for dispatch and for policing, especially, you have to be so good at multitasking because you mm-hmm. have somebody talking in your ear, you have somebody sending you messages, you have you're driving, um, or you're like or you're sending out a call to the the PD one dispatcher. Um, so, I mean, you try to do as much at one point as you can. Like, I remember trying to get my radio ear up, up to par with everybody that I was putting music on in the background and then trying to read a book, trying to read a news article. Um, I would even try and pick up multiple conversations if like, say I went out with my family for dinner. I would try and pick up on anything I could in the background um, just because when you're not paying attention and when you're not on it, it really affects everything.
0: Wow. That's such a great description of metacognition that you just described, like being aware of how you think in any moment and trying to absorb as much as you can. Ah, oh, that's so, that's so interesting. <laughs> oh, that was, that was great. Uh, so now here's the other part, how... Is there training when you're talking about like multitasking and all that, you know, that seems that seems like you're very rational when you're trying to put all those things together, but you're dealing with really high emotional things that are the type of distressing calls that are coming in. How, how does your training kind of help you keep your cool when you're trying to, like you said, multitask and be as efficient as possible to make sure that the resources are getting out as quickly as possible? How do you, what are the things that they teach you how to kind of maintain your cool when you're um, in such a high pressure moment?
1: Breathing. Breathing is a huge thing that I have heard many, many times. You know, and, and when you're trying to calm yourself down, you kind of hear yourself say out loud, like, breathe, calm down. And then you realize really fast that you can't tell other people to calm down. It just makes them more aggressive. (laughs) Um, So one big deep breath, you know, look at what you got, think of what you've got, and then just kind of roll with it. Honestly, Um, if you can fumble your way through it, you know, if you have to fumble your way through it, do it. And honestly, it's just breathing. Once you can control your breathing, then your mind starts to slow down a little bit. You can take everything in. And then it just kind of flows from there.
0: That's just great advice for really everything. (laughs) so (laughs) applicable to so many different things. Um, Okay, so you then, you finally get the call for uh, Naperville. You test, you get in. But that's not, what exactly is, like the academy, and and what or is if I'm imagining that right. So like you you've already gone through your interning, and mm-hmm. like what what's the next layer of of training that occurs once you finally get the call that Naperville wants you. What's what's the next kind of stage of, of education?
1: Yeah, so um so Naperville is actually my second department. So I started first with Winfield, and their academy is different from Naperville. So I actually went to uh, what's called SLEA, the suburban law enforcement academy which is at COD. And I mean, there's this whole lengthy process. You basically do your general application. Then you do your written police test. Uh, They will take your power card, which basically is is just a card saying that you're certified and you took that power test and that you're physically fit for the job. Um, And then you go through a psychological test, which is hours long of very random questions of like, Do you like fire? Um, how do you feel about the color blue? Uh, I mean, just very odd things. I don't know how, how they really calculate that. Um, and then while you're in the middle of this written test with all these weird questions, then they pull you aside and they ask you things like, "Well, why did you say this? And you know, what's your reasoning behind why you answered yes to this? Um, And then you kind of finish your testing and that usually takes place in like downtown Chicago. And then you end up coming back. Once you get through that, then they do like a formal interview with what's called the police and fire board, um, which is basically like a panel of city representatives, usually who kind of ask you, you know, basic questions. And then from there, it's usually like a, a, conditional offer. And then you build up to your, your actual offer for the job. And then, then they tell you, hey, you passed everything, we're going to send you to the academy. And then again, that's just basic law enforcement. So honestly, uh, when it comes to schooling for being a police officer, you, I would honestly recommend not majoring in criminal justice. If you can major in anything else, it's probably better off for you, um, just because everything you learn in the academy is all you need. It's basic law, you know, again, it's learning how to talk to people, learning how to to interact in scenarios. Um, I mean, depending on the academy, some people get tased. Uh, most, Most academies I believe do the OC spray, which is like a pepper spray my um,
0: yeah. my dad i remember when my dad had to go through that <laughs> and when his uh, it was and he was a senior officer and he still had to get uh, the uh, the pepper spray treatment I yeah
1: i mean honestly yeah. it's it's good because then you can testify yeah. in court like i know how it feels <laughs> believe me yeah, i know sure. <laughs> um but most most academies now i believe don't do the tasing anymore because of a liability so they for health reasons they don't do it i actually did my taser exposure back when I finished the academy at Winfield voluntarily like a moron. Um, (laughs) And then, yeah, it's just regular PT, you know, basic CPR training, you know, learning how to wrap an ACE bandage around people learning how to tourniquet, you know, and then it's just kind of going from there report writing. Yeah. From the academy. And then once you get to there, and then you get out in the field and then you start your field training program
0: graduate from the Academy. What's, Mm -hmm. what's your first, what's your first day like on the job?
1: It was very nerve wracking. Um, because at Winfield, it was such a small department. I think when I was there at the time, there were only 15 officers, sworn officers. And then I was the only female. So not only was it nerve wracking, just being a police officer, like in general, but being the only female, I, I was like, Oh my gosh, there's a lot of pressure on me. So I was definitely nervous, but the guys at Winfield were so nice and, and so supportive of me. Um, I just remember uh, Jim Olson was my, my first FTO or field training officer. And, I mean, he was just so laid back and calm about it. Uh, he had actually was the detective for Winfield at the time, and then they took him off the road to be an FTO. Um, so, I mean, he was very, very lax with me. Um, he had two daughters of his own. So he was like, yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, do this overly macho thing. Um, you know, which was awesome. I I appreciated that very much. And I just remember trying to take everything in because once you put on that uniform for the first time, I mean, you feel really cool doing it. But I mean, you're instantly like, okay, something's gonna happen. Um, Hmm. so I just remember trying to shake off the nerves and trying to shake off that feeling of, all right, what's going to come at me first? Um, because I'm not going to lie in the Academy, it was very much like I felt like it was an intimidation tactic a little bit (laughs) Mm. of like, uh, you know, something's going to happen. You're going to rub somebody the wrong way. They're going to want to get in your face or, you know, something like that. So I was just kind of, I was just trying to ease my way into it as much as possible without, you know, being a nervous wreck and looking like a newbie.
0: You, You mentioned something about like detective work I, you know, you have to do a lot of, you know, you, when you're you show up at a scene, you have to really absorb details. And I'm just kind of going back to what you said before about multitasking. And now you're at a uh, either a crime scene or you're at a, a car accident and, and something like that. I was wondering if you could like maybe walk me through what is it that you, how do you absorb information when you show up at a, a, a call? What are, what's the type of things that an officer looks at to kind of really immediately look for what's important and what's that kind of uh, flow chart that goes on in your mind?
1: You just definitely have to come in with an open mind because whatever information you're being given over the air is not necessarily what's going on or what's happening once you get there. I mean, you could be told one thing because you're literally playing phone. So they could be telling dispatch one thing and then next, you know, you get there and it's completely inaccurate. Um, Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is definitely don't go in with any preconceived notions. Um, Just take everything in stride. Uh, You know, obviously depending on what the, what the call is, whether it's a domestic um, or a potential home invasion, uh, even a basic traffic accident, you know, you just want to get there, take a second, look all around you, kind of figure out what you got, and then you slowly work your way through of all right, was this person involved or were they just a witness? You know, did somebody just point to them and say, hey, call 911? Um, so like I said, take the scene in first, then work your way through people and their their statements and then kind of piece it together. Does this make sense? Is this adding up? You know, he said That she slapped him across the face, but I'm not seeing any marks, you know, she's saying he bit her, but I'm not seeing anything, you know, Um, he's saying he smashed a window, but there's no broken glass anywhere. So it's just slowing things down and, and understanding basically what you got.
0: So you're at Winfield and then you then make your way. What was, what was then the path you, I think you said Winfield, but then you did dispatch and then you went to Naperville. I'm trying to remember what the, yeah. The, so, the,
1: the, so it was a dispatch then Winfield. And then ah. um, when you started, at, start out at one department, um, you have the option. Obviously you don't want to jump around much in mm-hmm. this field, but if you end up finding you want to work for another agency, it's what's called a lateral hire. And it's basically like you're just shifting over from one agency to another. So that's what I did over at Naperville. Um, I ended up applying while I was still at Winfield just because I knew they were a bigger agency. Again, I wouldn't be the only female there. Um, and then there's just so much room for movement at Naperville. It's, it's incredible how much they offer. Um, so the lateral program is basically like you do the same thing. You go through the testing, the interviews, the psychological, the fitness, Um, You got to do all that over again. But the nice thing is you don't have to go back to the academy because you're already certified in Mm -hmm. Illinois as a police officer. Um, So that training, uh, when you're doing a lateral hire, it's expedited. So you still do field training, but it's a lot shorter. Obviously, you know how to do traffic stops. Or I mean, if you don't, then you brush up on them and you learn how to do them the Naperville way, Um, responding to calls basically learning your maps because you want to know your area and what I love about field training is they put you everywhere so you at least get like a touch of everything obviously you're not going to remember every single street but as long as you can know you know major roadways you're good um and then again just learning to adapt with you know your shift um and then what was awesome coming to Naperville was okay, what do I want to do to set myself up to do something like beyond their SWAT team, which is um, SRT, so it's a special response team, or SOG, which is the special operations group, which is more drug-focused. There's also a new team that we added on. It's called SRU, the strategic response unit, and they're basically unmarked squad cars that go and specifically look for people with warrants, look for drugs, look for guns on the street. You know, you're not really responding to calls much. You're more of like a tactical unit. And then again, there's detectives at Naperville. There's the crisis negotiation team. Um, We even have a drone team now. I mean, the, the options are just amazing.
0: You, you, you answered the question when I, uh, uh, that I was about to ask, which was when you said movement, <laughs> like what, like you, that's really great. I mean, the drone team, that's incredible. Yeah. So which, 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 uh, of those new agencies or areas, uh, are you uh, most intrigued into pursuing in the future?
1: Um, so right now, uh, I've been working on my fitness level that way I can try out for our SWAT team. Um, that's been a goal of mine since I was an intern and that's kind of like my dream gig. So if I can, to me, it's like, if I can make myself good enough to make that team, then I think I've made it, um, in my eyes. And then right now I'm actually part of our peer support program at the department. Um, so anybody who just kind of needs to let a load off on there for them and it's all confidential. I also do work with our cadet program. So I'm a cadet advisor. So basically we work with, um, like high school age kids, middle school to high school age kids. If they have any, you know, interest in the law enforcement career, uh, we work with them. What is it? Uh, every other week. So twice a month. And then, and then other than SWAT, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of keeping my options open because I'm still, still somewhat newer. I'm going on year three in March. So I'm trying to keep my options open for now
0: it's it's interesting that you, you said that you're part of that kind of peer uh peer uh, support group where, peer support yeah thank you uh peer support uh it, it seems that they'll be like really kind of important because like the burden of police officers is that uh you help a lot of people but sometimes you help people who are going through maybe their worst day or they've been in abusive situations and all, all of the like and that's that's probably imagine like a, a an emotional burden that you gets transferred on to you as well. Just how important is that group uh, for everyone in that department?
1: I mean, honestly, I think it should be utilized a lot more than it is. I mean, taking the class at DuPage County again was just like another eye opener for me. Um, But I mean, the stress of the job alone is a lot. You know, like I said, no day is the same. So you might be reviving someone with Narcan after they're ODing one night to, again, my neighbors throwing their trash in my trash can to there's a house on fire to there's drunken people fighting downtown at the bars to, um, you know, a, a drug abusing mom who just had a stillborn. I mean, the, it, it does definitely take an emotional toll to a point and, Obviously, you know, peer support comes in so many forms that, I mean, people do peer support every day, even if you're not specifically on the team. Like if, if you're just checking in on somebody and saying, Hey, like that, that suicide today was really, really ugly. Like, if you want to talk to me about it, just let me know. Um, you know, we can go car to car and just sit and talk for a while if you want, or if you want to go get coffee at three in the morning, you know, we can do that, um,
0: just it just sounds so important. I mean, just it, I mean, because it, it is just like, 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 just that you described that emotional range of things that you can't unsee just seems really uh, important that you'd have to kind of be there for each other to, uh, to really un, just to unpack it and kind of, uh, and just make your way through it with that type of networking. That's, that's really great that that's there. Yeah. Well, let me, flip, let me flip that around then uh, and say, what's, what are, what's your favorite part of the job?
1: Um... I think it's that I get to kind of pick what I do each day. Um, and by that, it's kind of like a, again, I'm not sitting in a cubicle in an office all day I'm out driving around, you know, if it's three o'clock in the morning and nothing is going on, I can go, you know, drive around hotels and make sure nobody's breaking into cars. I can go park in front of, uh, you know, the golf course and I can go just walk around and stretch my legs for a while. I can go car to car with somebody and talk for a while. I can make traffic stops. Um, I can check out businesses, make sure nobody's breaking into them. So it's kind of like you get to pick your schedule for that day and, you know, you kind of organize the way you're working.
0: Have you seen something like either a tech, like a a technology or something that, that you're excited to see implemented because you see it as really an effective, deterrent uh, for either crime or just things that keep the community safer? Is there something like, wow, That's that really seems to be working quite well?
1: I'm not going to lie. That this is So it's not really a technology, but Naperville specifically, we started incorporating like um, our social services unit. We've kind of had them do ride-alongs with us semi-regularly. So if we have those like those suicidal calls, those people who have major anxiety, depression, um, we have a special car that roams around the entire city. And if there is somebody specifically who either is suffering from a really bad drug problem, you know, is homeless maybe and just lacking resources and just really needs a helping hand. um, I mean, these social workers will assign themselves to the calls with the officer they're riding with, and then they'll help and, and give kind of whatever help they they can at that time. Because mental health right now is just such a big, big topic, especially in the law enforcement world, um, that I think incorporating these social workers was just a huge help. Because obviously, law enforcement, we, we offer what's called CIT training, which is crisis intervention training. And so that kind of helps you with all aspects of, again, depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenic, Um, and then it even kind of dives a little bit into, um, like dementia patients, kids with, uh, autism that are on the spectrum maybe. And I just think this, this was kind of much needed because again, the mental health, it's, it's just becoming more and more recognizable in society today. So to have social workers out with you helping, I think that was huge. And especially when you- When you have somebody who's wearing plain clothes, they're a little bit more approachable sometimes than a a person in a a police uniform with a gun on their hip.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I I was, I I think that was, I've heard that that's been something that's been implemented so much more. Mm -hmm. And uh, great to hear that that seems to, as from your observation, having a really a a net positive in the community, just from just to kind of step back and thinking about uh, just your your study of all things uh, law enforcement. Um, if you were to recommend like either uh, a book or a podcast or, you know, some type of text that you think that would really get give uh, a, a student like uh, a, a, a really good, feel of what the, the the job would be what's something that you think like yeah i think this one this really, one really kind of captures it uh in the way that's most beneficial for someone because i have a couple students that i know are interested in law enforcement and i've, I've been i've told them like oh, i'm interviewing someone this week about this and so what do you think is like what would you recommend from a movie podcast or book
1: um so like one book that's really recommended straight out from the academy is one that's called emotional survival for law enforcement and it's basically kind of a heads up to not only police officers, but their family members as well of like what the emotional toll is going to be like, um, kind of how to, how to support your family member who's a police officer. Um, and it's kind of just learning to adapt because when you join the law enforcement world, it's not a, it's not just a job, it's a lifestyle. So mm. once you have somebody that, you know you care about and they join this this realm it's it's like everything shifts so you got to learn how to approach things like like i said if if you had a druggy mom who just had a stillborn you know that officer is going to come back with a you know any kind of reaction because any reaction is honestly a normal reaction but you you just don't yeah. know what you're going to get that day so trying to learn how to adapt to that and be there for that person when they need it the most is is kind of like a huge thing so that book really helps with that and then I'm not I'm not gonna lie movies movies are kind of cringy now that I'm actually in it um the way people hold their pistols you know the tactics I mean you see you see all kind of things that you laugh at but
0: you might as well say it. What's the cringiest uh, rendering? We're like, come on.
1: <laughs> um, probably the rookie. <laughs> um, which is funny because I love it. It's one of my favorites. Be it's because of the fact that there's so much going on, and you're just like, yeah. how is he getting kidnapped one day, and then there's like an explosion the next day, and yeah.
0: <laughs> you're so you're talking about like uh, movements uh, within the Naperville department. Is there a and you're talking about the different, different organizations of that, do you see yourself going into like to become Sergeant commander and ascending, uh, in the, um, of the Naperville police department?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I would definitely love to retire as a Sergeant one day getting higher than that. I'm not quite sure yet. Um, but I would definitely want to dip my toes in and as much as I could before I became a Sergeant, just because again, there's so many responsibilities put on you with, you know, when you're a patrolman, so basically you're riding in your car, you're driving around the streets at night, you know, you're in charge of yourself. But when you're a sergeant, you know, you're in charge of maybe four or five guys, and then you got to make sure all of them are by the book, um, you know, meeting standards, uh, whether that's physical or, you know, making arrests and not just kind of like gliding by. Because honestly, if if you want to if you want to be on a specialty unit at Aprilville, you need to prove that you're here to work and you need to prove that you're an asset to the department. Otherwise, why give you something that other people want? Um, so it's definitely, you know, going out there and doing, you know, what you're there for, uh, you know, keeping the town safe, getting guns off the street, getting drugs off the street, you know, making a family safe at night, whether it's from an abusive dad or whatever the case may be. Um But if I can do as much as I can, you know, and I try signing up for classes because uh, you definitely want to keep your skills sharp, uh, whether that be like an investigations class, an interrogation class, uh, weapons handling. um, You know, I even took like a three part course designated for women. So it was like women in law enforcement, uh, women leaders in law enforcement, um, street survival for the female enforcer, uh, you know, just You just got to be like a sponge is kind of the term that they used a lot when I was in field training. It's you want to be a sponge and you want to absorb everything you can. That that way you can just pull, you know, that tool out of your tool belt when you need it because you never know when you're going to need it.
0: I, you just the way you're describing it is like you just you you have to be sharp in so many different and always sharpening the blade on, and and all the v- different uh, aspects of, of the job the the actual uh, whether or not it's the administrative part or it's the actual implementation of having you know better gun handling and all these other things so yeah. it's got to be uh, it's relentless but it's it's always in service of being a better police officer and, and yeah. serving the community, no. that's that's so exciting. Ah, that's great.
1: Yeah, it definitely, it definitely changed my mind a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, because you know, in high school, you'd always hear people say like, "Oh, well, I was gonna be a cop for a fallback," but being a cop now, I'm like. Being a cop is not for a lazy person. You can't be lazy and be a police officer. It's just not. Well, it's certainly not
0: not a not one that's good for the community because you, like you said, you just have to keep on staying uh, sharp. And certainly, you've uh, you've shown that you. Uh, are so aware of of all the various different skill sets that have to repeatedly be uh, sharpened over and over again. Right. Ah, that's so great. So Brian, you've been so generous with your time uh, today. Uh, I've just uh, this has been such a great interview. I've, I've really learned so much and uh, it's cool. I know my dad's gonna really enjoy uh, listening to this uh, interview. <laughs> Could you leave us with tips for success for current wildcats?
1: Yeah, just, you know, whether it's law enforcement or anything else you want to go into, just make sure you do what you can to prep yourself as much as possible, whether it be reading a book, listening to a podcast, uh, checking out the course list for schools you want to go to, because maybe the school you want to go to doesn't offer, you know, classes that are up towards that career. And just kind of, you know, just dip your toes wherever you can, because the more exposure you get, the better off you're going to be and the more you're going to know if you want to do you know, that line of work or not. So just keep an open mind, you know, work hard and, and you'll get where you want to go.
0: Briar. Thank you so much. Uh, we're so uh, happy that you served the Winfield community for us for those, the time that you were there and all of your continued work in Naperville. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your time with me tonight.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Help spread the word about WeGo Places podcast by sharing this episode with one other wildcat. As always, find past and future episodes on Apple or Google Podcasts or any other platform. Just search we Go Vox. That's WeGoVox. You can also stay current by following us on Facebook at WeGo Places Podcast or on Twitter at WeGo Places.